Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast, and thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Nothing stays the same, yet sometimes we long to relive times when we felt life was simpler and safer. When we find the path for achieving success, we don't want that path to change. We also know that if we keep doing the same things in the same way, we'll eventually see declines in our performance. As life and situations change, we have to change the way we do things. Let's think about a simple example for how life presents natural change. When we were children, we had to change schools moving from elementary to middle school and then middle to high school. Some young people have experienced a lot of changes by moving from school to school. I experienced two moves and therefore was not accustomed to making many school changes during my school years. I remember what I feared the most when making these moves from one school to another. I remember them just like it was yesterday. The night before my first day in middle school, I couldn't sleep. My mom asked me what I was worried about. Of all things, I was worried about the lockers. I'd never had a locker in school before. What if I couldn't remember the combination to my locker and I arrived in class without my books? What if I didn't know how much time it would take to get my books and make it to class on time? What if they assigned me a top locker and I couldn't reach it? My fear was not about the locker itself. My fear was being called out by the teacher for not being prepared. The worst thing that could happen to me in class was for the teacher to call me out. I was petrified of attention being directed to me. If I experienced a locker to catastrophe, crawling under my desk seemed like a good option, except that would have directed more attention my way. Most likely, my mom wanted to laugh at me for being fearful of lockers, yet she listened with empathy and guided me with rational thoughts. She said things like, Your teachers don't want those things to occur. They'll assign you a locker so that you can get to class on time. And we'll write down your combination somewhere in case you forget it. I can't say that I went fast asleep, but my mom's rational approach, rather than being emotional with me, gave me strength and confidence to tackle the lockers on my first day of middle school. And I'm happy to report all went well with my first day at my locker. Change is continuous in life and at work. And change, large or small, is uncomfortable. In today's world, the external environment makes us move faster and with greater agility. We have to work through our fears quickly to stay relevant and current. This continuous change makes leadership more difficult. When we as leaders think that what we're doing today will look the same tomorrow, we're not leading our people to be part of a sustainable and growing organization. That's why it's important for leaders to continuously connect both the emotional and rational aspects of people. As an executive leader working with other executives, my job is to help leaders and organizations lead by connecting the emotional and the rational side of work. I've been working with several organizational leaders who are facing challenging times, budget declines, change in systems, leadership changes, and the need to revitalize systems from current to future state. During budget reductions, funds are needed to put new systems in place that build better ways of doing business. Organizational leaders have fewer dollars, 
with higher short-term expenses to manage. That forces a change in operational models for leaders to manage. That's difficult to do. In many cases, it also results in right-sizing the organization. The change calls for realigning people's jobs to work priorities necessary to advance the organization. So the focus becomes faster, high-quality services delivered in less expensive ways. Therefore, nothing stays the same. The more leaders resist this type of change, the less relevant they and their teams become. I'm finding more and more examples where external factors are causing leaders to right-size and realign their organizations. And when they do, people's lives are affected. Some people will not have their current positions and others have to do their jobs differently than where they started years ago. It's in these times that three leadership characteristics blended with skilled behaviors become a must for leaders. We have to make decisions and communicate these decisions by connecting the mind and heart. When we connect to the heart, we connect to our values by making decisions that position our organization to remain relevant and achieve results. When we appeal to the mind, we're appealing to the logical, data-driven side of people. There are three interchangeable characteristics with applied actions we need to manage in difficult situations, and that's how we make difficult decisions. We have to be authentic, show empathy, and know how to bring conversations back to the point. Let's dig a little deeper into all three and then look at how they interconnect. Authenticity is basic to connecting with another human being. It creates the trust necessary to manage change, one person at a time. Authenticity can exist on both the organizational and individual levels. Authenticity is known as believability. Becoming an authentic leader is not necessarily easy, but the concept is really simple. We tell the facts even when it's difficult, especially when it's difficult. We stop sugarcoating. We stop blaming others. We learn how to have tough conversations rather than avoid them. We start being who we are no matter who we're talking to. When we can become more authentic, those we lead are more likely to believe us and comply with our request. Authenticity creates followers. To manage difficult situations, along with being authentic, we also show empathy to others as we and they experience change. Change in organizations creates discomfort, and most of us have to work through our discomforts to get to a better side. Empathy is the ability to understand and share other people's feelings. When we demonstrate empathy, people connect better with us. They know they are understood. When people feel cared about, they listen better. They are more comfortable asking questions and asking for help. They also work harder to help solve problems. Being an empathetic leader doesn't mean we get caught up in the emotions of our staff or try to fix them and take on their burdens. That's never a good idea. People have to take responsibility for themselves. What it does mean is that we truly listen to employees and understand where they're coming from. Empathetic leaders focus on employees when they're talking. As leaders, we may not agree with them or give them the answer they want, 
but we make sure they know they are heard. We don't issue commands or talk at people. We talk with them and listen to them. Leaders need to cultivate the practice of careful listening. Also remember that empathy alone doesn't help people manage change or difficult news. We deliver straightforward, factual messages and remain open with an empathetic ear to help people manage through the discomfort. Sometimes people think they are being empathetic, when in reality, they're doing quite the opposite. Here are a couple of tips of what not to do. We've all been on the side of needing an empathetic ear and found ourselves out of luck when we receive one of these types of messages. We get advice. Someone says, it'll be better if you do da-da-da-da-da-da. We get consoled. You did the best you could. We get their story. I know how you feel. Let me tell you about a time when something like that happened to me. And we get sympathy. I feel so sorry for you. And our feelings are shut down. Don't worry. It'll get better. And we get, we're in this together. We're all in together. I know you're going through a difficult time. We're all in this with you. You're not alone. When we're in the position to listen, think about what you would want when you need someone to listen to you. Also, let's engage in proactive ways to listen to others so that when we're managing difficult situations, we've established ourselves as good listeners. Many of the tactics we teach focus on giving listening experiences, 30, 90-day conversations, and leader rounding or two examples. To empathize with people, we must truly know them, and that happens only when we make ourselves a part of their world. We commit to intentionally doing so by making it part of our leadership responsibility and work. Finally, empathetic leaders are vulnerable. As leaders, we're open about our own shortcomings because we believe others can learn from them. We don't mind saying, I made that mistake myself and it was difficult to work through. I don't know how it feels to you. I felt terrible when it occurred. In a recent session with leaders, I talked about the barriers to change that included blame, denial, and rationalization. When I was explaining these barriers, I used an example of a recent difficulty I faced. I talked about how I felt. Emotionally, I went through all three barriers. I talked about when I was in my first decade of leadership, I acted on my emotions in front of others. And over the years, I've learned how to manage my emotions without placing the burden on employees. We can't keep from feeling emotional. However, we can choose how we work through them without placing a burden on others. Empathy means approaching human beings with full awareness and disclosure that we too are human and have flaws, but it doesn't mean we wallow in those flaws or we use it as an excuse to underperform. It doesn't mean we stop trying to get better and better. Undoubtedly, empathy is a necessary leadership quality. We also have to know when to set aside that part of a conversation and move the conversation back to the issue at hand. When a change is occurring, people can wallow in their sorrows. Moving a conversation back to point means asking individuals to identify the actions they'll take to shift from talking about the problem. It helps people work through their emotions to continue being a productive team member and employee. To bring the conversation back to point we as leaders have to be authentic and empathetic. 
We don't shy away from the facts about a situation. We listen to how people are experiencing the information. We don't get caught up in the emotion of the situation, and we bring it back to point with authenticity, refocusing the conversation on the facts and moving individuals to action to manage the change that is occurring. For those of you managing difficult situations this week, think about how to communicate with an authentic approach, listen with empathy, and bring the message back to the point. If you're not managing a difficult situation, do one thing this week to practice authentic communication and empathetic listening. In this episode, I realize I provided more non-examples and examples for how to engage in conversations with authenticity and empathy, and then bringing the conversation back to point. Next week, I'll continue with this topic to share some ways I've seen this done well. It's more important than ever for us to get this right. In our personal and professional lives, we have to manage change. In the past three months, I've moved from my 15-acre family farm to a beautiful home in downtown Pensacola. We sold the farm and moved to the city. I love the new house and being in downtown Pensacola. Even so, when I fly home from being with a client and a partner organization, I long for my farm home. And I know as I manage the change by being authentic with myself and allowing myself to have an inner empathetic voice, I will feel connected to my new home in a different yet beautiful way. Leave today being authentic and empathetic and always bring it back to the point to move to a different place. That's the way we manage change. And change is a continuous way of life. Before we go today, I want to make sure you know about our event coming up, What's Right in Education. It's our annual leadership conference. You'll hear about key strategies to shift culture, improve practice, and unleash results. You'll discover how to target the behaviors that erode culture and inspire the collective mindset like our podcast. These two days will highlight specific tactics from the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can actively drive results and highly effective organizations. So I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and make sure you're subscribed. I look forward to connecting with you next week as we continue to focus on the nine principles so that we can be our best at work. If you're looking for more resources related to today's episode, head over to studereducation.com slash podcast.